Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. Today's podcast comes from our weekly Facebook Live broadcast called Weekday Chat. To tune in live and interact with us online, join us during your lunch on Facebook, Wednesdays at noon. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to Weekday Chat, where we like to meet with you midweek to talk about where we have been and where we are going. Uh, My name's Luke. I'm one of the ministers here at PCC. And my name's Steve. And uh, we serve together here, and we uh, love what we do and just handling things of a spiritual nature. And uh, we're just good friends as two and brothers. And and we love this time of touching base with you. If you have any questions along the way, feel free to send those in, and uh, we'll give attention to them and do our best to answer them as best we can. This past Sunday, we continued our study in uh, Romans 8. Romans 8 is one of the fa- a favorite chapter of so many people, and it is brilliant. Like, it's like I feel like I don't want to leave chapter 8. Oh, I know. It's, it's so encouraging and helpful, and if this is your first journey through it, I'm sure you're—I mean, I hope you're being blessed just simply by the, by the reading of the Word. And anyway, um, this past Sunday, the text was all about uh, putting— putting to death sin. And in light of what it says at the beginning of the chapter, we're not condemned. When we're in Jesus Christ, we're not condemned any longer. We are not charged with sin. We're free. And so our responsibility is to kill sin. And sometimes we leave that part out since we're saved by grace. But God does tell us that our responsibility is put to death sin. But our motivation is not fear and dread and the fear of God coming after us and chasing us down. The motivation is, he looks at us and says, you're mine. You're precious, and and I'm empowering you by my Holy Spirit to put to death that sin. And so that's a, that's a that's a really good thing. Yeah, good truth, yeah. isn't it? I, I love the message on uh, Sunday. It was just what I needed to hear. I know, and I loved how you talked about. Um, that we can have confidence in our eternal destiny, yeah. you know, that when we're following Jesus. So let me just ask yeah. you, do you have confidence in your eternal destiny? Yes. Why or why not? And then also, how would you explain that to an unbeliever? And absolutely, I have confidence. It's the hardest thing in the world to put all of our weight on one act done, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's the longer, the, I think the longer we walk with Christ, the greater confidence we have according to our engagement in Scripture, our believing His Word, um, our continual laying our lives down. Um, it's certainly not based on us and how well we do. Luke and I, we've confessed our sins to each other. Mm-hmm. We've prayed for each other. Mm-hmm. We recognize that we're in the need of blood of the Christ mm-hmm. just as much as anybody we're preaching to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our confidence is not in the fact that we are preachers or that we are at, in a, in a uh, working the kind of work that we do. Our, our, our confidence is the same way you get your confidence by what, what Christ did on the cross, mm-hmm. right? Thankfully. Now, also, we grow in confidence Absolutely. as that sin is put to death. We, we, we experience the power of God in our lives, and we become victors. That doesn't mean always. We slip back. We, we fail at times, we confess that sin, and we get up and keep mm-hmm. going, right? Yes, absolutely. And that, that whole relationship process is what gives us confidence. Absolutely. I like that you hit directly the doctrine of once saved, always saved, that, that yeah. some people believe in what's called eternal security, that uh, once you get baptized and put your faith in Jesus, you can never lose your salvation, you're in, go do whatever you want, you're, you're good. Right. Um, and, and that is just, quite frankly, not what the Bible teaches, right. and, and you address that uh, quite, quite uh, beautifully on Sunday. Uh, I've heard it said before that even 
even though we don't believe in eternal security, we don't believe in eternal insecurity either, that we don't right. have to be constantly waffling, today am I saved, am I not saved? No, I love what you said, that you know that your salvation does not rest on anything you do, but on what Christ has done. Um, so you don't have to live every day in fear. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, and, and, and yet, the Bible does give us some really practical tools to know whether or not we're in, we're out. Yes. You know, Jesus says, you will judge a tree by the fruit that it bears, right? So you, we can measure our spiritual growth, and we should be able to kind of almost quantifiably measure our salvation. Uh, one of the best texts in the Bible for me personally and with this question is the book of First John. And First John is a real simple, short book in the Bible. You could read it in 20 minutes probably. Um, and John kind of presents three basic tests for us to run ourselves through to determine whether or not we're in the faith. Uh, The social test, the moral test, and the doctrinal test. The doctrinal test is, like, do you believe the right things? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? And have you put your faith in him? Great. Check. That's number one. The next one is the moral test. Are you living in the light? Are, Are you following Jesus and living the way he's calling you to live? It's not that you don't sin. You don't have to be perfect, but you're actively repenting and choosing to, again, believe the gospel when you do sin and you are growing in Christ. And then the last one is the social test, which means, are you loving the way Christ calls you to love? I've heard it said before that we only love God as much as we love the person we love the least. So who's the person you love the least in your life? That's how much you love God. Um, And and that's kind of the way 1 John presents um, these tests that we can run ourselves through so that we can have confidence in knowing our eternal Right. And the fruit you're talking about, too, is really the character of Christ in us. Absolutely. There should be evidence that that is growing. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. so, um, also this text last week is very intriguing. Three times in the New Testament we have this term of Abba, Father, mm-hmm. by which we address God, Papa, or Dada, this, this level of intimacy. And I think that is hard to get to, where we're in an intimate relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So, there are, there are obstacles that get in our way that keep us from that level of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Can you speak into that a little bit? Yeah, certainly. Um, for a lot of people, I think uh, they don't maybe even know how to approach God. It feels complicated. They don't know yeah. how to say the right words, so they're just not even going to try. Uh, so the the complication aspect is one thing that keeps them from intimacy. Another thing is an unhealthy fear of God. We are commanded to fear the Lord, but some yeah. people have an unhealthy uh terror about approaching God because of what they've done, or they think he's some cosmic cop just waiting to smash them like an anthill, you know? Those are uh, things that are barriers to intimacy. In my life, probably the two particular things that have been the biggest barriers to me having intimacy with God are, number one, spiritual laziness, um, when I just don't put in the time uh, to uh, be in the Word and be in prayer and be in community and uh, be careful what I'm putting in my head, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. And when I grow lax in those things, when I'm undisciplined in those things, there's a natural distance that comes in my relationship with God in the same way that if I didn't talk to my wife for a week, there would be distance there, you know? Um, And and then the second thing would be be unconfessed sin. Uh, if, If there is some Something in my life where I am willfully living in rebellion against the way God's calling me to live, and I'm not repenting of it, I'm not confessing it, then I can't realistically expect to have uh, intimacy with God right then. Yeah. You know, there's, there's that old joke about the, I've told a lot, about the, the married couple, and she says, you, you never tell me you love me anymore. And uh, the guy says, well, I told you on our wedding day, if that changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And I remember a guy about 30 years ago, we had a class called the What We Believe class, and I still remember him coming up to me afterwards, he said, you know, I have been 
a, a, a Christian for all these years, for decades, I've never told God I loved him. Hmm. I'm thinking, you know, do we just assume so much that we forget even to say words of endearment to yeah. God? We do that in, in marriage, even in friendships that are close relationships. We yeah. encourage we, one another by words that we, we value them, we love them. We need to tell God those things and not just assume, and this is what we do. It's another obstacle, I think, because we think that if we know what the Bible says, that makes us intimate with God. And that's mm-hmm. not true. Remember, Jesus said to the Pharisees, you think that by knowing the scriptures, you have eternal life. But they were rejecting him. Yeah. And so we can, we can have this cerebral understanding of God, but it, it never really gets to the heart that's really broken. And it's, that's, that, that's, that speaks words of intimacy with God. And I, I love what you said about the sin. I think that there's something about naming specific sins yeah. that embarrasses before uh, us before the Lord and causes us to think through what this cost him, this mm-hmm. specific sin, and that develops intimacy. We leave the place of prayer refreshed and renewed and confident absolutely. that way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then kind of t- playing off of that a little bit, uh, there's a lot of different ways uh, that we can approach God, varying people based probably based on your personality. Uh, maybe uh, you have different ways that you approach God as opposed to other people around you. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, because we see a lot of different images of Jesus or, or, or of God in the Bible. We see him as friend. We see him as Lord. We see him as father. We see him as king. We see him as warrior. We see him as helper. We see him as judge. And all those things kind of lead us to different ways of approaching him. And yet we saw in this text that we can approach him as as Abba. For, for you personally, how, how do you approach God? What does that look like for you? Um, for me, it has to be, you know, you know the scripture Remember, the scripture is God revealing himself to us. And we are prone to open the Bible and say, I wonder what's here for me today. Well, that's not the first question. Mm -hmm. The first question is, God, how do you want me to know you? Mm -hmm. Help me know who you are. And so I think the first thing, what I try to do is in my devotion reading in the morning, that's the first question. God, what, what am I supposed to know about you? And carry that thought. For instance, this morning, Luke and I have been praying together on the phone every morning. And if you remember back my prayer this morning, I prayed about God being shepherd, about mm-hmm. guiding today, right? Yeah. That's because John 10 was my devotion reading this morning. Mm-hmm. And so today, he's my shepherd. And mm-hmm. so I'm approaching him, I'm thinking about him in that way throughout the day in the kind of leadership and guidance. He's got to, he's got to be welcomed as whatever that person. Yesterday, uh, I was in John 9, and that's the man born blind. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Jesus talks about spiritual blindness. They, they thought they saw, but they, were really, they remained blind. And so all day yesterday, I was just thinking, God, help me see. Help me, help me see how you want me to lead, how you, with the decisions that have to be made. Help me to understand. Help me to perceive. I don't want to be blind. No, keep opening my eyes to you and to leadership challenges and whatever that is. So I think you have to, when you meet God in the scripture first, God, show me you. Yeah. And then out of that, you know, we live. Absolutely. You got help? Uh, man, I, I don't know if I can improve on that at all. It's sure pretty good. Um, but I, I think you're right that we see um, we see both 
that we are commanded to have a fear of the Lord and a healthy respect and an awe for him, and yet we can approach him with confidently, confidently through the blood of Jesus, with, with intimacy and friendship. And we, I think we see this in the life of Jesus, that he does say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he is down on his knees, and he has a, yeah. a healthy respect for the glory of God. And this is Jesus, who's God himself without sin. How much more should we have a, a fear of the Lord? Um, and yet Jesus also, in, in his weakest moments, cries out, Abba, Daddy, help yes. me. You know, yes. and, and we can have that same thing. And, and I'm probably similar to you in that my Bible reading kind of uh, affects how I approach the Lord. And, and yesterday, I normally do my Bible reading in a chair, and I was in my chair, and I, I like to go on prayer walks or just sit in my chair and, and pray. Um, but yesterday, I just felt so smitten with the greatness of God that I just felt prompted that it would be inappropriate for me to be too comfortable right there in his presence. And so I got down on my knees and and. Uh, just, I, I think whatever your tendency is, if, you're, yeah. uh, if your tendency is to be comfort and to talk to him like he's your buddy, try getting on your knees and just feeling some awe. Sure. And if, if your tendency is to be afraid and to approach him with all kinds of formal language, try talking to him like he's your daddy. Uh, yes. You know? you know, all this, all this comes at us at various degrees of difficulty mm-hmm. based upon home environment, how you were raised, mm-hmm. personality, and nature. So intimacy for some people comes really easily, mm-hmm. and knowing God for others, it's a big challenge. You know, that's why we need to be self-aware and know what our challenges are, and, and God will meet us there and help us. But this intimacy with God is a big deal, yeah. and addressing Him in a way that, that is honorable to Him and helps us know Him better. So Absolutely. what's coming Sunday? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I just totally blanked on it. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Romans <laughs> I chapter bet it's eight. really good. It's going to be so great. You can't <laughs> wait to hear it. Uh, Romans chapter 8, we're still in it. And this is maybe one of my favorite chunks. We get to kind of take a zoom out here because so far in Romans 8, we've been talking a lot about our personal salvation. And this week, we get to see God's plan for all of creation, all of time, the whole universe, what yeah. God is doing in the world. And between uh, the perfect Garden of Eden and the perfect heaven to come, how do we live in the broken present? And uh, that's what we'll be great. talking about. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you Sunday. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's our desire for you to grow in your understanding of Christ's love as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you have any questions about our church or would like to plan a visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you would like to receive our podcast every week, we encourage you to subscribe to the Plainfield Christian Church podcast on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.